This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. This is Amanda Slavin, author of The Seventh Level, Transform Your Business Through Meaningful Engagement with Your Customers and Employees, and you are listening to The Marketing Book Podcast. Welcome to The Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on The Marketing Book Podcast, where each week I publish an interview with the author of a new marketing or sales book, and which was named by Forbes as one of 11 smart podcasts that will keep you in the know, and named by LinkedIn as one of 10 podcasts that will make you a better marketer. My goal for this podcast is to help us both keep up with the latest ideas in the quickly changing fields of modern marketing and sales. Don't worry about taking notes. You can find links to everything linkable in this episode's show notes notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And since you're a listener to the Marketing Book Podcast, if I can recommend a specific marketing or sales book or some other helpful resource that I know of for whatever situation you find yourself in, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn where we can chat and I'll try to point you in the right direction and save you some time. This show is a labor of love that I do in my spare time. My day job is running a marketing agency where we work with manufacturers and industrial companies to help them grow by helping them earn the attention and trust of their prospective customers. For more, check out our guide to lead generation for manufacturers on our website, salesartillery.com, or Google lead generation for manufacturers, and you'll find the guide atop the organic results. This episode is sponsored by David Merman Scott's phenomenal New Marketing Mastery course that he developed with Tony Robbins. New Marketing Mastery will teach you step-by-step how to get your marketing in alignment with the way your customers want to buy. David spent three years putting together over 50 videos, dozens of infographics and worksheets, and a 50-page workbook to get your marketing to generate a lot more sales. And even nicer, Marketing Book Podcast listeners will get $500 off by entering promo code marketing book. To sign up, go to newmarketingmastery.com, but make sure to enter promo code marketing book for that $500 off. You can find a short video about the course and a link to it in this episode's show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And now, on with the show. Today, we welcome Amanda Slavin to the Marketing Book Podcast to talk about her book, The Seventh Level. Transform Your Business Through Meaningful Engagement with Your Customers and Employees, published by Lioncrest. Amanda Slavin is the founder and CEO of the consulting firm Catalyst Creative, which works with brands like Coca-Cola, Google, and HubSpot to quantify and scale engagement known as the seventh level engagement framework. She's spoken at events like South by Southwest and TED about how this framework is the future of meaningful connections. And her work has been featured in Inc. Magazine, Forbes, Fast Company, Wall Street Journal, and Time Magazine, to name just a few. And interesting fact, she lost her voice in first grade from talking too much and went to speech lessons to learn how to properly breathe between sentences. Amanda, congratulations on the seventh level and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, you'll notice my voice is still fairly raspy and I've learned how to breathe, but I'm still, I think, like learning every single day how to slow down with the way that I speak. Okay. Well, now, didn't you also say in the book something about you, you have a tendency to talk real fast? I do. And when I actually did the voice recording for the book, I had to slow down significantly. It is very unnatural for me. Who are raised by New Yorkers were raised by New Yorkers and have a tendency to talk very, very quickly, you know, and, and gesticulate. And that's just my natural way of speaking. But through, you know, being a teacher and through giving talks on stages and, and seeing how people can, ple- can be completely lost when I speak quickly, I really have tried to slow down, but you'll notice that I will breathe in a very big way after lots and lots of words. So okay, <laughs> I still right. have some problems with it. Super. And and as you shared with me uh, before, you're going to be giving birth to your first child probably next week. 
I am on Tuesday. And yes, I, that was another, that was another thing that was very challenging when I was doing the audio recording is I had to be very slow, but I also had a baby on my diaphragm. So, you know, it's, it was a little bit of a difficult process, but I got through it and I'm breathing every single day. That's, that's a good, that's a good thing. Well, I just want the listener to appreciate how much the authors uh, suffer for their art and, and, and what they're doing for the audience here. So, uh, I would just exactly. say that so, so far it's it's really going well. <laughs> now, awesome. you're not the same Amanda who had a television show when she was a child, are you? Oh, I loved. I actually, I mean, she went had a little bit of a different path with her career, um, but I absolutely loved her on that show. Um, and I am not the same Amanda Bynes. Oh, her okay. last name. Um, yeah, she's she's gone through some, I think, some personal things. Yeah, she's a little bit off the rails. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Um, but I yeah. absolutely loved, it was called The Amanda Show, I think, or something along those lines. And I absolutely uh-huh. loved it. I thought she was so funny. Yes. Well, the Amanda show, I'm sure there are other people in your family that feel like they're in the Amanda show. So at any rate, well, let me just read one quick excerpt from the book and then we can start climbing uh, the stairway to heaven, the, the seven levels. One of the most common and historically effective ways to communicate directly with large swaths of a customer base is through marketing. But even that is changing. Today, the average customer sees 5,000 ads a day. People are tired of it. Customers' attention is spread thinner than ever, and attention is a precious resource. So as companies, it is imperative that we change the way we are thinking about our relationship to both our internal and external customers. Whether it's an employee, an internal customer, leaving a review on Glassdoor, your most devoted fan making their usual purchase and then telling their friends and family about it, or a customer boasting about you on Instagram. As a brand, you have a responsibility to engage with your customers in a way that's respectful of their time and limited attention. How can we engage and meaningfully connect with our customers when there are so many tools at our disposal and so many definitions of what engagement even means? All good questions, Amanda Slavin. But let's let's set the stage before we start talking about this. The word engagement <laughs> probably means different things to every single person who says it. What do you mean by engagement? That is actually something that I talk about in the book because that's one of the major problems with the word engagement because no one's speaking the same language. So I believe engagement is you know, meaningful, a meaningful connection with another human being. Um, and the reason why I define it in that way is, you know, with, this, with the seventh level, the seventh level is defined as literate thinking. And it's when your personal values and beliefs align with a message. So I feel that, you know, sales is a meaningful transaction between two human beings and we're constantly selling something, whether it's, you know, trying to get someone to go on a date with us or hire us or, you know, just really trust us, respect us. We're selling ourselves. Um, but so often we forget that it is this meaningful connection between us and someone else. And so that is the way that that I, I would hope that people start to look at engagement is it's not as simple as, you know, just likes, comments on social media or productivity. Um, it's, it's really much more than that. Yes. And you say that engagement gets thrown around as the problem and the solution without anyone taking a step back and, you know, evaluating what engagement actually is. And that's why I just loved your definition, which is, it's, it's an authentic, meaningful human connection that leads to the granting of time and attention. Mm-hmm. And I, I really just wanted to carve that in stone because I, I'm dealing with companies, as, as are you, and I don't think they realize that we've gone from a world of space where you could buy ad space much more easily, like back when I lived in New York and worked at agencies. Now it's all about attention. And it's, it's so scarce, and you talked quite a bit about that at the beginning, and I'm going to be borrowing from it liberally when I give presentations Great. <laughs> and talk to clients because it's the attention. We don't have a captive audience, and I think so many companies still think they do. Maybe it's a problem with empathy because people think that uh, you know other, your, your prospects, your customers are as interested in your, your product or service as, as you are, but uh, spoiler alert, uh, they're not. One of the problems you talk about with engagement, though, is thinking of it simply in terms of binary terms. Can you talk about that? Meaning, you say that a lot of people think of 
they're either engaged or they're not engaged. And and there's quite a bit between those two ends of the continuum. Yes. People normally think that disengagement is the opposite of engagement, but apathy is actually, you know, in my opinion, the opposite of engagement. And disengagement is actually level one out of the seven distinct levels within the seventh level framework. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, what, what I think with the way that the framework works is that disengagement's level one and the, you know, two, one, two, and three are all in the bucket of attracting your customer and earning their trust. So it's actually looking at the common pitfalls that we make as marketers um, and what we can do in order to be better, in order to be able to, again, connect more meaningfully with the people that we care about, which are the people that work for us and the people that are purchasing from us. Um, and then the, the middle two levels are around engaging with or interacting with your customer. And the top two levels are around delighting your customer. So the reason why... When I give a presentation, sometimes I say, you know, if there's anything that you take from this, you know, presentation, because there's a lot of information with the seven levels and what they are and how to use them, just know that it's not as simple as disengaged to engaged um, and that the seventh level exists. Because when we know the seventh level exists, we're striving for more than when we when we think it's as simple as going from someone not caring to someone caring. Uh, I think, as you just said, you know, we're, we're constantly thinking that everyone cares just as much as we care. Uh, but it takes so much time, energy, and effort, and money, and resources for us to convert someone all the way from level one to the seventh level. Uh, and when we can put that context, when we can create that context, particularly for big companies, it also really validates our roles as marketers. Uh, because you know, so often people think like, "What's why is marketing so important? I don't really understand. I don't get it." It's not as simple again as this this transaction of okay, they don't care now, they care. Um, it takes the step by step that very intentional approach to do so. So true, yes. And it's one more thing about marketing that's become more complicated, more <laughs> labor-intensive, mm-hmm. but uh, that's, that's the way it is. So before we get into uh, more detail about those seven levels, I wanted to touch on a few other big concepts that I think listeners should really understand. In your book, as well as some others, it cites some research uh, studies that talk about how many companies, their their employees are not really engaged based on all these studies that have been done. Explain why companies should care or maybe give a higher priority to the fact that their employees might not be engaged. In other words, what what is that costing them? What what is it that they don't realize uh, that that's a problem with? Yeah, the whole book is actually split up into internal customers and external customers. And you know, I feel that the internal customer, you know, is the employee, but we're not necessarily looking at looking at it in that way. Uh, and these are the individuals that are closest to your product, closest to your brand. Uh, and unlike, you know, 30, 40 years ago, where someone might have a few friends that they can complain about their job to, or, you know, really compliment their job about their job to, they can't. So the book is split up into, in, into two parts. And one part of the book is around internal customers, which are employees, and then external customers, which are essentially, you know, your, your audience. Uh, and the reason why the internal customer is so important is because they now have the ability to share about what they feel about your company for, you know, for better or for worse to the entire world. And that is through Glassdoor, as I, as you mentioned before in the introduction of the book, um, but it's also through social media as well. So, you know, just as, as you're trying to connect with your external audience, these individuals who are as close to your brand as possible are also, you know, potential advocates of your brand. And so, so often we, you know, we think, okay, let's go and fix the external problems rather than thinking about the internal issues within our organization. And for, you know, I've I've kind of changed the, the, term ROI instead of just return on investment to ripple of impact. Um, and it's starting from within and then rippling throughout. And I think that you know if we don't start to treat our employees like our internal customers, these people that are working day in and day out to build our organizations to understand, you know, why we exist and to also help us get to, you know, where we want to go, then it's almost, it's a little crass, but I call it crap cake. It's this idea of like, you know, you, you have chocolate cake and it looks chocolate, but then you cut into it and it's just total crap uh, because you're, you're really just, you know, covering over the problems that you're not facing, which are your internal, the responsibility that you have to your internal customer. And you have to start there before you can even think about your external customer. Mm. Yes, I've been impressed with what you've said so far, but when you said crab cake, you pretty much had me. Um, (laughs) 
I wanted to put that in the book and have it as a chapter. I don't know why. I maybe I, I I talked a little bit about it, but I didn't go as far to say it. Oh, I would have. I would have been all over that. Yeah, I would have been taking pictures of that. Um, yeah, because that's what it is. And so often, you know, with with commercials, so often you see companies. And I do talk about this in the book. You know, have a have a really creative commercial all around, let's say gender equality. And then you find out that their board is primarily, you know, white men. Um, and so don't necessarily put out messages because you think that that's what your audience wants to hear if you're not actually walking the walk internally. And that is the importance of, of having alignment with your internal customer before you try to attract your external customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so true. Your most important customer is the your or your most most important audience is your internal audience, and yet so many companies don't think about that. But like you said, it's so much more important now than than it used to be. Marketers are obsessed with numbers and data these days, which is you know good thing, but it could also be a bad thing. And you talk about how you know are are we looking at the right numbers? I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about why vanity metrics can be the bane of of measuring actual engagement. Yeah. I think, you know, for for data and metrics, I I think so often as marketers, it's it's really kind of this or that and their data and metrics have a role within the framework. They're just the lower levels. So when you look at the lower levels in terms of disengagement, unsystematic engagement and frustrated engagement, which I can certainly go into later, you start to identify where where does growth hacking or where does you know targeted marketing or paid advertising where does that fit into those lower levels but before i i really dive in there i'd like to talk about level 4 which is structured dependent engagement which is what you're referring mm-hmm. to uh, and level 4 is so often what we describe as social media metrics and that's likes followers shares comments uh, and you know what ends up happening is we we really let the tools define what success looks like versus determining, you know, our own versions of success and then leveraging those tools to help us get there. And I think that the problem has come not not necessarily from the tools, but from the way that we are using the tools, we can't let the tools use us, is to be able to identify, you know, okay, how is, we're only at four, we have three levels to go. So how are we leveraging a social media campaign or how are we leveraging, you know, whatever, because this is also downloads or, you know, getting, so if there's like a downloadable PDF. And this is also structured dependent engagement is instruction based. It's when you're asking someone to do something simple and they're doing it. So all these metrics that we define as success, if there's no place to go from there, then we're really going to lose our customers and they're going to fall off because so many other people are doing the exact same thing. And let's just say all these tools, you know, we're gone tomorrow. We don't have a relationship with our customers because we are so dependent on these tools that exist. So we need to think of it as it's not the enemy data metrics, you know, analytics is not the enemy, but it's only level four. So how are we continuing to build that relationship so that, and maintain that relationship so that we also have control over that relationship? Uh, and we're not going to be in a position where we lose, you know, all of our, all of our quote unquote followers, i.e. human beings, i.e. customers, um, you know, if something were to happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's a, a part in the book where you talk about how so many companies are scaling the summit and, they they think they're there, but they're really just at the base camp. Exactly, <laughs> they're only halfway there. So, and we'll and we'll get into this, but it was a, a great uh, metaphor. I, I realize this may seem really obvious to some listeners, and certainly to you. But can you remind us of why getting to know and understand your customers is so crucial to engagement? Yes. Yeah, so I think that in this in day and age, we with with all these buzzwords around personalization, uh, you know, we have forgotten still that the followers or the email address or, you know, the like is a actual human being. Um, and even personalization is so data heavy and so, you know, technology heavy that we're forgetting sometimes that we are human beings that are trying to interact with other human beings. Um, but if you actually, this is, this is me as the teacher and the educator, cause you know, as a first grade teacher, and that's when I wrote my thesis on this framework and then turned it into the book. And when I was a teacher, I was really, really passionate and committed to getting to know each and every one of my students. 
at a very personal level. And the seventh level, again, is when your personal values and beliefs align with the message. And you need to first know what you stand for, but then also understand what others stand for. And that takes a lot more work than, you know, just a simple transaction. Uh, and what we would do, and I talk about this in the book as well, is we would sit on the carpet every day, you know, when you were like little and you sat on the carpet in the mornings and we would talk about, you know, I let each and every student talk about anything that they wanted to for one minute before the day started. And I learned so much about these, these kids and I created this environment that was this trusting, open environment, not just, you know, for, for my interactions with them, but for their interactions with each other. And that really developed this sense of community uh, and learning became so much easier because they trusted me in this, in this different way. And so I think that, you know, when it comes to getting to know your customer, there's so many opportunities to get to know your customer these days. And, it, and that's where, again, I'm saying data is not the enemy. There's so many tools uh, and there, there's so much out there for you to be able to build this honest, trustworthy personalized relationship with your customers and your customers are expecting more from you now because there's so many options out there it's no longer you know a situation where there's just a monopoly well I guess with Amazon there is but you know even on Amazon there's thousands and thousands and thousands of different choices so you know in order to be a brand in order to be able to have these loyal advocates that are going to help you actually build your company and are not just going to you know trade you in for the next cheap easy accessible you know competitor you need to make sure that you're talking to those human beings in a way where they feel like you care about them. Um, and, and again, even if you're striving for the seventh level and you don't get there with everyone, you're still like, I, I just, I have to say something quickly where I was dealing with like something for health insurance, because as you know, I'm having a baby in like three days. Um, and I, you know, I talked to two representatives who just didn't know what they were talking about. It was so frustrating. And the third representative knew exactly what I meant. She gave me, you know, great advice and information. And I just felt so much better because we are dealing with so many customer service representatives all day long. We are bombarded, as you even mentioned, with so many messages. And so when someone just treats you like a human being, you feel so much more connected to the organization that that individual works for versus, versus again, when you're just treated like a number. It's so true. And there, uh, there was another book on the show a while back called uh, Marketing to the Entitled customer. And one of the <laughs> concepts just came to mind where they talked about how the modern customer now is one of the things they're thinking is, look, you know who I am. I've shared information exactly. with you. Stop acting like I haven't. Exactly. <laughs> that's By the way, that's why I, I used When Harry Met Sally as an example in the book, because I do think it's a lot like dating. So, you know, once you've gone on the first day, you're not going to treat the the person the same way after you've gone on one date versus 30 dates versus been with someone for 30 years. Uh, and, and yet we are doing that with our customers and we have to start thinking about courting them in a way that makes them fall in love with us, essentially. It almost makes me wonder if it's easier to, to say and explain than for these companies to get their hands around implementing that. It just seems like it's so much more complicated. I guess that's <laughs> what you do. Well, you know, I say that with this framework, it's such a sim it actually is so simple because people and brands are already doing most of the things that that exists within the framework, the actions associated with each level. But they're not doing it in a in a way that is clear and concise. And, you know, it's it's essentially like, again, I say this in the book too, but going on vacation without an itinerary or, you know, without any type of plan. So mm -hmm. what this does is it says like, you're already doing all these things. You're already, it's already difficult. And maybe you're not, maybe you're not doing some of these things, but you're doing 50% of these things, but you don't know which is most important and how, where to allocate your resources or, you know, it's, it's really kind of going in blindly in a lot of ways or just seeing what sticks. And so this step-by-step -step process allows for someone to say, okay, where do I begin? And then how do I build off of that? And then how do I build off of that? And again, how do I strive for this highest level knowing that I'm, I might not you know, make it there with everyone, but at least I'm trying to be the best version of me in connecting with the people that I care about um, and that care about my product. So I think it's it's actually way more simple than it seems to be. Uh, it's just mm. it's it's just a matter of showing someone that they're already doing most of these things and then allowing for this to be the guide to put it all in one place so that someone can wrap their head around it and be like, okay, this, this is how I'm prioritizing the steps that I need to take in order to be successful with, with connecting with the people that again, internally and externally. Right. And it seems to me that 
I don't know it's possible to get it 100% right, but even if companies just get it a little bit right, exactly. <laughs> it's such a big differentiator. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If you strive for the seventh level, there's like that quote, it's like, if you try to, you know, if you try to reach the stars or land on the moon, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's like, it's, it's pretty much like... Oh, right. It may have been a Leo Burnett thing where he said... You reach for the stars, you may not get them, but you won't end up with a handful of mud or oh. something like that. <laughs> I like that too. But it's that idea of, you know, if you're striving for this highest level of connection, you're definitely a hundred million percent going to get <laughs> higher in terms. And also, you know, you're going to form some, you know, the, the way that I look at it is if you're constantly striving for the seventh level with every single person that you meet with, you don't even know what's going to come out of that conversation or that relationship. And it might not necessarily be a sale, but it's going to be so much more deep and meaningful than if you go into, you know, every single conversation that you have thinking that, you know, again, not even knowing that seven exists or just really having it be a transaction because that's just no way to live a life. You don't know, you know, who needs to hear. I, I would always say I've done a, like, a, lot, a lot of leadership courses. Um, and, and when I give talks to college kids, they're so hard to, you know, get to talk or be a person or, you know, just like leave their laptops. Um, but what I've said is, you know, it, it's not necessarily when, when I'm asking someone to share a story, it's not necessarily just about them. It's about someone in the room might have to hear that story and it might, you know, might change their life. Um, and that is why I want you to share. So it's that same kind of perspective where if you're striving for the seventh level, even when you go for a job interview, maybe you don't get the job, but maybe that person becomes your best friend or significant other or invests in you 10 years down on the road. And that's the way that I've always looked at relationships is every single person I've interacted with, I really care about and I want to get to know. Uh, and, and it's because I am, I guess, intuitively striving for just a deeper connection with the human beings that I interact with versus just settling for mediocrity. We're going to take a break here so I can tell you more about David Meerman Scott's new marketing mastery course and a very generous discount he's offering to Marketing Book Podcast listeners. Two books have had the biggest impact on my marketing career, and one of them is David Merriman Scott's The New Rules of Marketing and PR. Naturally, I'm a big fan of David Merriman Scott, which is why he was the very first guest on the Marketing Book Podcast and why he's returned several times. His new marketing mastery course, Three Years in the Making, in collaboration with Tony Robbins, teaches you step-by-step the most important aspects of modern marketing so that your marketing can drive dramatically better sales results. Many of the mistakes I see companies make in their marketing can be avoided by following what's recommended in this comprehensive course. The new Marketing Mastery course has over 50 videos, over 25 infographics and worksheets, and a 50-page workbook that gives you step-by-step instructions on topics like buyer personas, content, social media, and building a business growth plan. Now, you can continue spending money having a good time going to marketing conferences or hiring consultants, but for a lot less, you can get this course, implement what he teaches, and start seeing measurable results. And your whole team can use it, which is why it's a great way to train your marketing team, particularly new hires. The knowledge you can get from the latest edition of the New Rules of Marketing and PR is why I continue to recommend it as the one book to help people get a better handle on what they need to understand about modern marketing and the modern buyer. Now, with this course, you can learn how to turn that knowledge into action. The secret to getting ahead is getting started. For you to get started, go to newmarketingmastery.com and enter the promo code MARKETINGBOOK to get $500 off the price. Go to newmarketingmastery.com and make sure to enter promo code MARKETINGBOOK to get $500 off. I also have a video about the course and a link to it in this episode's show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And now back to the show. So uh, let's jump into, if if we have time, to just some discussion about the seven levels. But before we do, I wanted you to elaborate more on what you mentioned earlier, attract, engage, and delight. And you mentioned that this is derived from one of your clients, the HubSpot flywheel, Mm -hmm. and we're a HubSpot partner. We use it. We like it. The uh, attract, engage, and delight. And that's how you've organized the book. So the seven levels fall into one of those three, attract, engage, and delight. So I guess I'm I'm, I'm answering this (laughs) rather than you. (laughs) 
Sorry. Okay. But l- level one, as you mentioned earlier, it's, it's disengagement. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what else you could say about disengagement, but what are some of the questions that companies could answer to start to move the, their, their audience to level two? Yes. So the framework works where there's a definition of each level and then you identify an action. So first first and foremost, you look at what is a problem you're trying to solve with this framework. Uh, and then you start with your own seventh level statement, which again is before you can connect with someone else's personal values and beliefs, you have to know what you stand for. Then you can go through the framework. And the reason for that is so that you don't become this, you know, schizophrenic brand that no one trusts or understands or, you know, is trying to be something that you're not. So once you identify- Like the example you gave earlier of the talking about diversity and it turns out they didn't have- diverse makeup of their board. Exactly. So when you actually identify what you stand for and what you believe, it's it's like in your north star. You get to really you get to see what is your guiding force and when when you are in alignment versus when you're not. So that's the first and for, foremost the most important part of this is start with your own seventh level statement. We have something on on our website which we can talk about later which cr- helps you generate your own seventh level statement for any company that you are. Then you can start to go through the process. Level 1 is disengagement, defined when someone is avoiding or idle from a task at hand. Um, And in order to attract your customer, you really have to combat one, two, and three. So disengagement, you know, the the questions that would arise from disengagement when someone is avoiding or idle from a task at hand is, you know, are you talking to the right person? So who are you actually talking to? You know, who who is your customer? Um, And, you know, then another question could be, are you using the right tools to communicate to that actual customer? So what tools, what, what, you know, what are they reading? Where are they? What are the best ways of, of actually talking to that person. Um, and then other, other questions that would come up would be, am I talking to them at the right time of day? So there's all these kind of questions. And that's, again, the, the whole point of the framework is it gets your mind thinking about what's wrong. What am I doing wrong? And how can I improve? How can I change? And then as I and mentioned- And thinking yeah, about that customer again. Exactly. But thinking about that customer in the lens of your seventh level statement. So for example, my seventh level statement is, I believe everyone deserves the right to be inspired. Um, That is really, really what I'm so passionate about is inspiring and educating. So when when you look at the clients that we've worked with and the way that we've worked with them, it's always been around inspiring and educating the end customer. You know, we're not trying to just kind of shove a product down someone's throat. Uh, and, and to me, it's not the customer that defines who I am. It's who I am that then defines what customer would resonate with that message. So when you go back to your seventh level statement, you say, okay, what do I stand for? What customers now would connect with that at level one? And then you have goals per level to get you to that next level. So then goals would be, you know, creating customer personas, you know, or avatars, if you will, um, on how, on who you're actually connecting with, testing out those personas, maybe on different channels, doing research and surveys of, you know, current customers in order to be able to formulate, you know, who are the right people that you should be talking to. Level one is all around who and how, you know, who are you talking to and how are you talking to them? So that's again, where the framework comes in, where it seems all complicated, but it's really just getting your mind to think about, you know, how can I productively, you know, how can I be a productive citizen? and and think about myself and how I can improve in order to be able to connect with others versus blaming others for, for why we're not necessarily connecting. So that's just level one. Um, but but I could do that per level if you'd like to be able to kind of show how it all works together. Yeah, yeah. So like level two, one of my favorite things was <laughs> you said, if you can't explain it to an eight-year-old what you do, then your target customer probably won't get it either. And that's what you call, level two is unsystematic engagement. So, and and what was particularly interested in this one is this is really relevant to marketing. Big time. So unsystematic engagement is when someone's confused by the messaging. So with disengagement, it's how and, you know, how and and where and who, and, and two is really around what you are saying. Uh, and with marketers, which is so ironic, you know, we're constantly helping clients communicate what they are doing in a clear and concise way to their customers, but we don't clearly communicate to our clients. We use all this insane jargon uh, and, and our own language, and then they have no idea what we're talking about, and then they're not going to ask what we're talking about because they don't want to feel inferior, and then we're keeping them at level two. So at level two, it's extremely important to determine what are the messages that best resonate with with those client, those customers that you've determined with level one. Um, and there's lots of questions that come up here. And essentially, again, one would be, what is the jargon within your industry that you are just taking, you know, as 
as the standard way of talking, um, but people might not understand what you're saying at all. What are the confusing messages that you're putting out there? How are you clearly communicating what you actually do in a simplified way? Um, you know, and how are you also, when you go back to that seventh level statement, this is also around voice and tone. So how are you ensuring that you're staying aligned with what with what you stand for versus trying to sound like something that is really totally misaligned from from who you actually are as an organization. I talk about the snap time uncle um, in the book. Oh yes, explain that. <laughs> so I talk about, you know, when kind of an older, more established brand tries to be something that they're not, it feels like kind of that uncle at the barbecue that's trying to be really cool. And they're like, so hey kids, are you on snap time? And the kids are like, do you mean FaceTime or Snapchat? Like you're such a loser. And so it's like, that's kind of, it feels inauthentic. As marketers, we always talk about authenticity. So that's what that seventh level statement is there for. It's this through line throughout this framework where it's almost like a checklist where you can say, okay, am I talking in a way that feels aligned to what I believe in? Or am I trying to be something that I'm not in order to attract this, this audience that doesn't necessarily even align with what I believe in? So I think with level two, it's all around clearly communicating what you actually believe in and what you do in a simplified way that anyone can understand. Uh, and, and this is, again, this is less to me about, you know, the, the lofty language and in even the, you know, this is something that's really challenging for me actually within my own company. Cause I always say like, when you're standing on the sun, you're blind. Um, I have a lot of problems communicating what we do in a very clear, concise way, because I'm so, I'm so at the seventh level that it's almost like, too high level for people. And I have to make sure that I'm simplifying what I do so that people actually understand what we do at level two. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, it seems like level two is possibly the hardest. It, um, it is. It is because most people, I think again, it's really good to have different people who are not, who are your customers, but who are also not your customers as just like really to be able to have a gut check to be like, does what I'm saying, am I explaining what I'm saying clearly? And, and, you know, I, I also talk about the difference between, does that make sense when you're asking someone, does that make sense? And someone's going to say yes, because they don't want to feel stupid. Or if you're saying, did I explain this clearly putting the ownership on yourself? And I think the more that you can, you can open the opportunity, open the the door for people to tell you, no, this does not make, this is like completely confusing. I have no idea what you're talking about. And I think a lot of marketers don't want to think about this. They don't want to think about one, two, and three, because they they want to think about what success looks like versus thinking about what could go wrong. And when they think about what could go wrong, then they're actually making sure that they're doing what's right. And level two is humongous, even for press releases, for website copy, for, for overall taglines, you know, that Twitter buy line like how do people just know what you actually do just tell me what you do in the simplest way um and i think this is this is imperative it's it's like you know you wouldn't build a house on sand this one two and three are foundational for you to do anything else and we have to really focus on on these as being very important and just so you know i know the difference between uh snapchat and facetime (laughs) but when i'm around my kids who are in their 20s i intentionally get it wrong just because i still enjoy watching them roll their eyes (laughs) Um, <laughs> well, you know what? I and I love curious. dad jokes too. So <laughs> I was gonna say I'd be curious. There's I'd be curious to what your seventh level statement is, um, and it's probably something around you know bringing uh, like having a sense of humor about things, not taking things too seriously, maybe not taking even yourself too seriously, like having a like living a life that's around you know this having a, a life that's not too heavy, you know, being able to bring like lightness to things. I'm just making this up right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I should, I should give that some more thought because until now, my seventh level statement has been indoor work with no heavy lifting, <laughs> but I could probably raise my goals a little higher. Well, um, there you go. I think, no, but I think it's, it's not necessarily. See the effect you, you have. It's who you naturally are. And it seems like that, you know, so going into that, and again, if you were trying too hard and if you were like acting all serious about knowing all of the trendy things, your kids would be like, ugh. but by being who you are, they might still say, "Ugh," but they'll, (laughs) they'll, they'll really know that it's you being authentic to you. And that's the difference. And I feel so often as marketers, we try to be something we're not instead of just, you know, stepping into who we really are. Oh, right. Well, maybe that is a good way to, Take us into level three, which, okay, so level two was unsystematic engagement. Level three, frustrated engagement. And you say that's, uh, it's, a, it's about boundaries. And you also say it's like, it's, it's like uh, a person demonstrating interest 
only to become distracted. Is that, do I have that sort of Yeah, light? correct. So one, you know, so you've now taken someone from, you know, you now know who you're speaking to, um, how you're speaking to them and what you're saying to them. But so often what happens is particularly in this world of frustrated engagement, which is when you want to engage with something, but you're distracted. Uh, and there's so many distractions out there in the world that at level three, it's extremely important for us to not as marketers to not create more distractions. So, you know, you said you're a HubSpot customer. There's something called smart pop-ups. Uh, when you go to a website and you know, you, and this is really about the customer journey and thinking about what you want from your customer. So if the main thing that you want from your customer is to get them to purchase something, but the pop-up that you have is around, you know, an email newsletter giving you their email, even though you don't even have a plan to email them, then that's a distraction that's taking them away from what you actually want from them. Other distractions that could, could you know, could really have someone kind of fall off would be, um, you know, having your website load too slowly, or maybe when they, you know, go to checkout, they can't necessarily check out because the credit card, you know, something's wrong with the credit card processing. So it's all these distractions that we create for our customer. When it comes to boundaries, I think this is really important for the internal customer. And, and I could certainly go through this whole framework with the internal customer, but that's a whole separate podcast. But for, for right. three, um, when it comes to, this is a really big thing that I have a problem with, 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 you know, the catalyst team. And that's because, you know, I'm at the seventh level. I'm constantly kind of three is constantly dragging me down because of Slack. I would say, you know, Slack is a tool that is really great for it's, you know, it's like chat rooms, essentially it's an app with chat rooms where you're constantly getting things done. Um, but when, you know, and talking to each other and having these different channels and conversations, but what ends, and it's very reaction, you know, you're, you're reacting constantly. Um, but when you have to really go to these deeper levels of creativity and, and really kind of diving deep with individual work, and you're constantly having Slack notifications come up, it's very difficult to be able to actually get work done. Um, so mm -hmm. that's where the boundaries come in, where we have to say, to each other, I, you know, I'm working on this creative project or I, when I was writing the book, it was really important for me to just put blocks on my calendar because we're a remote team and we, we, we book each other's calendars. We can see each other's calendars. And I'd have to say like, I really need actual space and time to work on this. I can't be at level three. I can't be wanting to engage with something, but distracted. So level three, again, is, is all around what is the customer journey you're creating? How are you limiting distractions for that individual? Uh, and and again, how are you creating boundaries? And this is, by the way, I use this all the time with people, like friends and my, my husband, because I can say, you know, I feel like we're at dinner and our, we're, our phones are out. I'm like, I feel like we're at level three. Um, and mm. it's not it's not like a personal attack. It's not like, well, you're on your phone. And he's like, well, you're always on your phone. It's just like, we're at level three and I would like to get to a higher level. So let's put our phones away. Um, and then that's the same thing too. I'm sure with kids, uh, you know, where it's, it's this idea of like, we, you know, the reason why we don't have phones at the dinner table is because we would like to have a higher level of engagement relationship with you because we care about you as people and we don't want to be, you know, stuck at level three with you. So that's kind of the way that I love the framework is to, is to use it as a shared language. And yes, it's about limiting distractions for the people again, that you, that you care about connecting with. So it actually brings to mind, there's another book that was on the show recently by a fellow uh, Manhattanite uh, near Eyal called uh, Indistractable. Oh, <laughs> Fantastic cool. book. Yeah, really very interesting. And, and he talks quite a bit about what you just uh, mentioned. So then we go to level four, which you call structure-dependent engagement. And this is interesting to me, and it just, for me, it brought to mind the idea of, of a sales process where you're trying to make sure the prospect is engaged. And this is where you talk about uh, someone's active response to instruction. Explain that. Yes. So, you know, once you've attracted your customer, you can start to engage with them or interact with them. Uh, you know, in, and I say, it's like, you've been on a few dates with them and now you can start asking something of them where maybe you're like, oh, I need you to come to this work event. Um, and so level four, as I've said before, with the not meet the parents yet, not yet. Well, normally that requires an incentive, which is level five. You'll see. Oh, okay, um, that's fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. Sometimes it's, sometimes you're close enough where four is fine. You just ask something at low sacrifice because it's structure dependent right. engagement, asking something of someone and they do it. But sometimes when the ask is too high, you need to incentivize them and that's level five. So, you know, that's why it's, again, it's this engaged bucket of interacting with your customer and in this, in this way that a allows for you to build the relationship with them. And at level four, it's all around call to actions. And what are you asking of them? And how are you building off of that relationship? And we talked about social media before. Um, and it, it, I use the example in the book of Netflix. Uh, they, you know, if I, I think of their seventh level statement as content made personal. So, you know, they're all around 
being able to be this reference point to introduce you to content that you might not know that is really aligned with, again, what you do believe in and what you do care about. And so their social media strategy is they have a series of, you know, tweets that they that they put out which is all around you know what mood are you in um and we'll recommend a movie or they'll ask questions again like it's it's the holidays you know what kind of movies are you looking to to watch and they actually interact with their customers in this personal way uh and make recommendations right then and there in order to be able to build a more meaningful relationship with them and, and put them on their platform so you know again it's 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 not necessarily in a silo where you're saying i just want instagram likes it's being able to think about how am i leveraging what I stand for and utilizing these tools in order to be able to build a deeper relationship with my customer at level four. Um, and the other thing that, you know, we talked about with vanity metrics is to me, level four, as, as we've said over and over again, comments, likes, followers, shares with comments. It's really important that we actually read the comments and interact with what they're saying because some comments could actually be showing you they're at higher levels with the way they're speaking about your brand and some comments might be an emoji. Um, you know, so I think with, with four, it's structure dependent engagement, calls to action. What are you actually asking of your customer? How are you building that relationship with them off, off of these tools? What does success look like and why? Um, and, and again, having these call to actions be as simple as possible for them to be able to connect with you in this easy way. Going on to five, if it's a bigger ask, let's say, you know, you want them to do, you know, a personal story and you want them to share it on their own social, or you want them to write a blog post about you, or, you know, it's something that you're, you're asking of them and they're, they're not necessarily biting. It's a smaller, you know, percentage of people that are really participating. That's where incentives come in level five, when you're piquing someone's interest and getting them excited, self-regulated interest. And at five, this is a lot of the times when we do celebrity endorsements, when we do, you know, um, sweepstakes, when we have any type of, you know, give, you know, giveaways, sweepstakes, any type of partnership that's kind of, that's exciting our customer um, to be able to do something with almost like a carrot on a stick. So four and five like airline points. Oh, oh my God. I love these. That's exactly, I don't know if I, I think I might talk about that in the book. That's exactly correct. You did. That's why I mentioned okay. it, but I wanted I was to make like, it sound yes, like I, you got <laughs> what it. I was talking about. That is exactly right. And to me, it's that is the most transactional. I mean, I have such a transactional relationship with, with my airline where it is all about the points and it is all about loyalty. And it's called a loyalty program. But at the end of the day, I mean, it drives me insane having to deal with any airline. Um, but I'm in it because of what's in it for me. And I'm at, I'm at a certain level. They might be able to convert me to higher levels if they actually treated me like a person for longer than two seconds. Um, an airline? Yeah. Yeah, not in our lifetime, Amanda. <laughs> Maybe Southwest, I mean, but they don't they're not really yeah, international. Um, but yes, so that is it's it's what's in it for me. And and with four and five, as you said, you know, at five maybe it's okay. Now I want you to meet my parents and I know you're really not, you don't really want to, but we'll make sure to go to that restaurant that you love, you know, and I'll make sure that, you know, before we, or I'll get you a massage the next day or whatever it is, being able to offer that incentive to get someone to do what you're asking of them. So then you go to the delight, which was of the three attract and <clears throat> sorry, I'm forgetting. Engage, attract, attract, engage, engage, delight. <laughs> yes. Don't tell HubSpot. I, just, I, I forgot <laughs> okay. that for just a it's moment good. there. Delight. And that's by um, where you talk about people feeling inspired to set goals to make some sort of change in their own life. Yes. I mean, that's that's pretty heady stuff. Yeah, that's when, what we're all striving for. And I think also particularly with our internal customers. But, you know, this is really content marketing in, in a big way. So, from five to six, you know, you've, you've now, you now know who you're talking to, what you're saying to them. You've limited the distractions. You've had a simple call to actions where you're, you know, you're building off that relationship. You've incentivized them and you've gotten them excited to continue to, to have a relationship with you. But now you want to take them to that next level. And, you know, with six, it's, it's again around this idea of it's not just about the product. It's about what value are you offering them? And I truly do believe that every single brand can do this. It's not just the Patagonias and the REIs of the world. Um, but the way to look at it, we, we have a case study in the book, which is like an online mattress company that we, you know, 
kind of created. And at level six, we talk about, you know, if that mattress company stood for the importance of sleep, then at level six, they can create a content campaign all around, you know, how to think about sleep and the importance of sleep and how to better plan, you know, your sleep habits uh, and, and mm-hmm. help people be able to, you know, have a series of videos that they're being able to watch for free that, you know, connects them with what the company stands for, but allows for them to set these goals in their life around sleeping better. And that connection with that brand is much deeper than, you know, buy this mattress. And what will eventually happen is, you know, again, maybe they're not necessarily ready for a mattress then, but they're more connected to that brand where when they are ready for a mattress, they're more likely to go to that company versus a competitor. Or maybe, you know, the the company has other products that they end up buying, or maybe they end up sharing about the, you know, about the sleep videos to their friends. And then they're creating maybe their friend that ends up buying a mattress. So it's, it's that type of value-based content that you're offering someone to connect in a way that's, you know, that makes them think differently about, okay, this is what the company stands for. And this is how I'm setting goals um, for my own life. And then by default, you're more connected to the organization and what the organization actually sells. Yeah. And you know, this brings to mind for me and, you know, full disclosure, full confession here, HubSpot Academy is this phenomenal place for all kinds of learning about modern marketing and sales. And I think only a f- they have these different certifications. And only a few of them are about their product. Most of them, as you know well, are about teaching the world what they need to know about the latest in modern marketing and sales. And they update it all the time. And I know a number of people that have worked on the HubSpot Academy team. Even for me, when I take those certifications and they end up on my... Um, my LinkedIn profile, I think there's like 11 of them there. You know, I, clearly I have issues and, and needs, but <laughs> I mean, it really makes me feel like I I'm kind of know what's going on. Like, for instance, I interviewed an author, Pam Didner, a while back about her book on sales enablement. And before that interview, I took the sales enablement certification and it it, it, it reminded me of, of level six. Exactly. And we actually did, we did a, it's on our website. We did a course with HubSpot around the seventh level around brand engagement. And then we actually turned that course um, into a humongous curriculum that we are, that's completely free that we're offering to 1400 professors to teach their students about how to use HubSpot at each level. Uh, and I can, you know, I could share that link as well with oh, you. Right. Yeah. Yes. Huge, I remember hearing about it's that. It's a huge, I, in fact, I told my local, local university. Oh, amazing. I, yeah. I'll send all I have, pointed that out to them. I'll share the link with you after. Um, but you know, that's exactly correct. You know, it's, it's about kind of stepping outside of what, what we sell and thinking about what we stand for our own seventh level statement, and then educating our customer on how and providing free resources to that customer. And by the way, again, this takes a lot of work. Um, and this isn't, this is oh, yes. a lot, a lot of work at this point. You know, I said, uh, most of the companies are doing most of these things. They're probably not doing as much of six and, and the seventh level. Um, but again, strive for higher levels and you'll get much further than you are now. Uh, at the same time, for these levels, it's really important for you to think about who's already at the, the higher levels with you and how are you treating them differently. So if it's not mm-hmm. necessarily, you know, creating an entire robust platform for every single one of your customers, maybe it's creating a smaller, you know, experience for those customers that are already at those higher levels um, and making sure that they feel like you're giving them something of value because they've given them, given you their time and attention. So that's what that I would look at at six. And then once we get to, you know, done to that, the seventh level, where we're really, again, it's at six, you're still asking something of someone, you're asking them to set goals to make a difference in their life. The seventh level are really these people that are just obsessed with what you're up to, are are really, you know, they're deriving meaning from their, from what you believe in and what you stand for. Their identity is aligned with, with your, you know, with your identity. And I think, again, sometimes with marketers, what happens is, we, we talk about things in a very simplified way. So the book could have been like all about just the seventh level statement. Like, this is what you stand for. Now go out in the world and live from this place and good luck. And, you know, people will be obsessed with you, but that's just not how life works. So that's why I like the framework. <laughs> it sounds like so many books on branding it is. that I take a pass on. Exactly. I'm sorry to the authors of branding no, books, but some of them have it's that. True. It's true. So, or, or it's these branding workshops where it's like, you know, it's it's a lot of these questions that – 
are, you know, once you kind of know your movie character, now you can go out in the world and, you know, connect with people and they'll, again, they'll love you so much, but it's, it's, it's so nuanced in the way that we're building relationships with customers. So that's why to me, you know, yes, the framework is, is more complicated than just do this and, and now you're set to go. Um, it is, it is more structured around know, know who you are and then go through this process and actually build a sustainable business that will allow for you to, you know, continue for years to come and, and not just have a, you know, a, a lofty, cute tagline. So with the seventh level, people are obsessed with you. They love what you're up to. They're sharing on your behalf without you even asking. Um, you know, they're telling their friends about you, not because of a discount code, but because they're just committed to, to what you stand for. They're- Did you listeners hear that? They're, they're, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can share the marketing book podcast. A number of them do, and I really appreciate that. Oh, yeah. And I have done it without incentives, although I should be I should be going, I guess, to, is it from four to five? I should offer them, uh, you know, I'll send you th- something if you do a review. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> no, that's actually a really good point because at five, you so you can do that. Um, and that's a certain subset of your customers. But with the highest level customers that are already doing reviews and sharing, they don't they almost kind of feel cheapened when you're giving them a level five incentive. They want to feel emotionally incentivized. They want to feel, you know, and that's where, so what can you do for them? Maybe it's again, profiling them, you know, even on your own social or interviewing them, you know, through a LinkedIn article or putting them on your blog or, you know, making them the hero of what, of what you're doing for us. We do, we do something simple where we profile different people's seventh level statements and then share them on our social. It's very simple. Um, but what we mm-hmm. did, we did for quite some time, we did these events every single month and our whole, our newsletter and our social media, we had an entire app for these individuals that were coming to our events were all around what they were up to and how they could support each other. So it was profiling them and, and we were kind of the platform for, for them, um, again, making them the hero. So at the seventh level, it's just so unbelievably important to think about, you know, who are my seventh level customers? And if you're just starting a company, it's probably like your friends and family, um, but if you've been around for quite some time, who are the people that are your, your, your big advocates? How are you treating them differently? How are you not sending them the same emails than, you know, as, as people that just were introduced to you? Um, you know, how are you showing them that you really care about them as people? Uh, and, and then how are you setting them up for success to be able to share about what you're up to? You know, maybe it's behind the scenes content or giving, sending them an email before you send anyone else an email, or, you know, what is it that's, it's, a, that's really allowing for them to share on on your behalf and making it sim- simple to do so, but also making them feel special in the process. Mm. So uh, when I do catch people talking about the Marketing Book Podcast, they're obviously listeners, I do try to track them down and ask them for a mailing address so I can send them a Marketing Book Podcast bookmark and laptop sticker, which you, Amanda Slavin, are also going to get. Awesome. But let me ask you... <laughs> Love it. Explain why books can be a significant part of the seventh level. So, you know, there I, I interviewed someone for the book um, and she has a program called DIY MFA, MFA DIY. It's a program um, that gives people MFA. You know, she started the entire program. She's also, she's just an incredible person in the way that she thinks about writing. Uh, and I actually- We were talking about Master of Fine Arts. Yes, Master of Fine Arts. And I was on her podcast, actually, we broke down the levels in what it would mean from the perspective of a fiction writer or uh, someone writing a memoir, which was like very groundbreaking for me because I never thought of it like that. Um, but you know, what she talked about was when you're reading a book, there's different parts of your brain that are being activated that are, you know, you're imagining the characters and you're, you're deeply connected to the story, which we're not necessarily getting when we're being handed what the characters look like, feel like, act like, etc. Um, and, you know, I, I talk about it in the book too, when you're, when you're kind of over, uh, normally it's fiction or memoirs, but you, you really kind of feel sad when you're done with a book. Like you feel like you're like, oh my gosh, my friend, I don't have my friend anymore. I'm like a little bit yeah, sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I felt like that. It's a- like the end of a trip and you have to say goodbye. <laughs> exactly. So you like, you know, you really kind of want to, and that's where, where Harry Potter was so brilliant. There was just so much more to constantly read um, because you, you really, you know, fall in love with these characters. And, and so what, what I also talk about with the seventh level is being able to really have stories be a huge part of this process and and have longer form form stories and and really be vulnerable at this level and share you know who you really are and and what you really care about and I talk about Tony Shea who's my business partner um, and his book Delivering Happiness because Tony who's the CEO of Zappos which is a company that was acquired by Amazon um, he is very shy 
but in his book, he really comes to life and he shares so many personal anecdotes of himself and, and he really, you know, you really connect with him and what he believes and what he stands for. And I think that, you know, because we have so many messages coming at us, it's difficult for us to sometimes really see a person or really see a company. Um, and so when there are these opportunities for longer form stories, which is for me, what I wanted with the, with the seventh level is I wanted to create something that, you know, people could connect with at a deeper way um, and apply it to their own lives. And so I do think whether it's a book or it, again, it's a LinkedIn published article, or, you know, it's, it's an interview with someone that is your seventh level customer being able to tell your story in a longer, I still think there's room for long format content. I don't think we're, we're at the point yet, hopefully where all we want is just an Instagram post with, or, you know, a hundred and 20 words or five words or five seconds or whatever our capacity <laughs> for attention is these days. Yes. So true. So true. So Amanda, if readers took only one thing away from the book, what would you hope it would be? I would love for them to start with their own seventh level statement. Um, I feel that we don't recognize that our gifts are gifts until someone else tells us they are because they come so naturally to us. So by identifying what makes you different and what makes you special, I think that that is one of the most important aspects of the book. Um, and then using that in a way of connecting with others. So not changing who you are and recognizing that you're, you know, more than enough in that process uh, and, and being able to leverage, you know, leverage that in order to be able to get to higher levels of engagement with, with people. Great. Well, what is one thing, and of course, these are not fair questions, but what's one thing a listener could do today to put in action one of the many ideas from your book? They could go on our website. I'm not plugging this because... Well, no, please do, because I was going to mention <laughs> okay. it. The, um, it's uh, the-seventhlevel.com, and we'll include a link to it in this episode's uh, show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com because you have got all kinds of checklists and helpful uh, tools and everything. On yes. And, and I hope that's what you were yes, going to Yes, I was. I was. And we, we really broke it out where, you know, there's four steps where it's start with your own seventh level statement, you know, watch the introduction video, uh, download the training guide. There's like a full training guide about all the levels, fill out a worksheet. And then we have a whole learning portal there with so many free resources. So I would say that is the, that's the way to be able, that's the first quote unquote step. I guess there's a lot of steps within those, within that. No, that's a great answer. <laughs> okay, <though>. good. <laughs> and they don't even have to buy the book exactly. yet. I mean, they can start there. Exactly. Yeah, we're and on to what you, level? And I... what level is that? What level am I meeting them at by giving them all these free tools and learning? Would that be four? Well, it's asking them to do something would be four. But at what what about the similar to the HubSpot Academy, giving them all these learning tools and videos and content? Oh, engage. I so guess. yes, well, six, critical, critical engagement. You were saying before when you're inspired. Oh, oh, oh goals. right. Like HubSpot Academy. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't mean to test you, but I, I need to do that all the time. That's my teacher in me. <laughs> well, and that's that's good. And I need testing. Um, oh, boy. You know it. Yes. No. So I, I see what you're saying. I got a little confused there. I'm saying I got infused so I wouldn't sound so stupid. But um, but you're you're absolutely right. Yes. Go there. Please check that out. It's really, it's really, uh, and when you said it takes a lot of work, it really does. It, it takes so, so thank you for, for your, to your firm for doing that. Quick question. What books have inspired your work and career? So I already mentioned Tony's, um, Tony Shea's Delivering Happiness, which I love. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I really love The Fifth Agreement. That's one of my favorite books ever. Um, and there's the four agreements, but the fifth agreement builds off of that book. Um, the other book I love is uh, Marcus Aurelius, uh, The Emperor's Handbook. It's it's a, one of the most, I mean, it seems random in terms of the work that I do, but these are kind of like life books that have really changed my my way of thinking. Um, and then in terms of, you know, business books, I, I obviously, I love what Brene Brown has, has put out. I think that mm -hmm. she's had a series of books that have really helped um, just most people within workplaces think differently about their role within the workplace. Um, and, and then I would also say, I think Daniel Pink is awesome. Adam Grant's books are great. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just constantly, I think just constantly on LinkedIn reading what are the, the next books that I should be thinking about. And I'm always open for new suggestions, but I highly recommend that every person in the entire world reads the fifth agreement, four agreements, okay. and then the fifth agreement. 
I did not know that one. I've just brought it up. The Fifth Agreement, A Practical Guide to Self-Mastery, yes. Toltec Wisdom. Yes, and The Four Agreements is really the, the beginning of that. It's his father who wrote that book. It's like millions and millions of these books were sold. And The Fifth Agreement is his son. But yes, that's my, my one high, oh, high recommendation. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. So are there any uh, recent or upcoming books that you recommend or are looking forward to reading? Let me think about what. Oh, I'm reading Range right now. Um, I just finished. I just finished Growth. I just finished Growth Mindset, Carol Dweck, uh, which yeah. I loved. I thought that was mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. I just read the book from the IDEO founders around creativity. Um, but I think that I think from the perspective of learning and from I'm, it's not really new, but I think that Growth Mindset is an unbelievable book. Um, also, Getting Things Done, which is an extremely difficult book to read. It's not, you know, it's not so fun, but it's really incredible for learning how to organize your life. That's is that Paul Allen's. I book? think it's. Da- I was going to say it's David Allen, but I might be Paul. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's. Maybe I think it's David. I'm not sure. I have to look. But again, really long book, but really very, you know, very good in terms of helping you organize your life. Um, and then, you know, I also loved um, two books that. So again, different podcasts, but my company is self-organized. It's not a hierarchy. It's around like self-organization, which is again, from kind of a bottom up approach versus top down. Anyway, if you're interested in learning more about that, which I talk a little bit about in the book, um, origin of wealth is an amazing book and super cooperators. Those are two books that are really, really awesome about, um, about culture within an organization and, and how to kind of build a bottom up, um, infrastructure. So those are interesting as well. Terrific. Yes, and you're right. It is David Allen. And this is going to be a great list on the show notes of of links to these books. And I've got some more reading to do here. (laughs) So I appreciate you mentioning those. Those really sound great. And like I said, we're going to include links to all those at marketingbookpodcast.com so you can find all these things we've been talking about. And we're going to include your LinkedIn profile and Twitter. And so I hope that the listeners will reach out to you and thank you for being a a guest and congratulating you on the birth of your... (laughs) Your son you. next week. Yes. Thanks for working us into the schedule. You <laughs> You're know? my last call. You're literally my last call before maternity leave. My oh, actual wow. last call. So there you go. I appreciate that. So, well, okay. Yeah. That means I guess you can, you pretty much uh, got everything exactly. off the to-do list. You got on the marketing book podcast. <laughs> right. So, uh, for the for the listener, if you're on your smartphone and you've subscribed to the Marketing Book Podcast on whatever your favorite podcast app is, all these links can also be found by going to this episode uh, right now and clicking on the show notes link. The name of the book is The Seventh Level, Transform Your Business Through Meaningful Engagement with Your Customers and Employees. The author is Amanda Slavin. Amanda, thank you very much for joining us on the Marketing Book Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. And that closes the book on episode 266 of the Marketing Book Podcast. For more, check out this episode's show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And if I can recommend a specific marketing or sales book or other helpful resource for whatever situation you find yourself in, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn where we can chat and I'll then try to point you in the right direction. My name again is Douglas Burdett. Special thanks to our sponsor, David Merriman Scott's new marketing mastery course. Get $500 off with promo code MARKETINGBOOK when you check out at newmarketingmastery.com. And please join us next time as we welcome Ian Altman to the Marketing Book Podcast to talk about the second edition of the book he co-authored with Jack Quarles, Same Side Selling, How Integrity and Collaboration Drive Extraordinary Results for Sellers and Buyers. Thanks again for listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. This episode was produced by Jessica Ambrose.